Hey guys, uh, Chase Kenicky here just to tell you that uh, this is the final part. This is part three of our Gamers on the Go's 50th episode, Games of the Year, Big Blowout Bonanza, whatever you want to call it. Uh, this part is not focused on Game of the Year, actually. Uh, that is part one, part A. Uh, part two, you might have also listened to. Uh, it went up earlier this week. That is about our favorite non-Nintendo platform games, Nintendo non-Nintendo platform handheld games of all time. Big mouthful. And uh, and this part is actually the uh, Nintendo handheld games of all time list thing. Uh, it's just me and Matt. Zach had to leave a little bit early uh, to go play games with his friends. He was on a friend's computer. So Matt and I hold down the fort and finish up this third part. I want to thank you guys for listening and sticking with us for all this time. Uh, 50 episodes. I'm I'm pretty excited about that. Anyway, I'll I'll let you get to this last also giant part and uh we'll have lots of new podcasts for you guys in the new year. So, thanks a lot. Okay, Matt, we are back for our final segment. Ugh, the final third. I put, I, I kind of put segment in air quotes because these, these have been pretty long for segments. Yep. <laughs> uh, but yes, this is, this is the moment that you've all been waiting for. Hey, at least we're not like debating these like lists to make a definitive. That's true. That's true. I, I, I know we did that one year with Game of the Year and that's how Fire Emblem won because uh, it because Zach hadn't played it, and we both thought it was awesome. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we do it this way, where we can just all talk about games that we're really excited about and uh, and have just conversations about them. Otherwise, what's what's a, a handheld podcast for the Big 50 without talking about Nintendo-focused handheld games? It's very true. It's very true. So, all right, we have, we have stalled quite a bit and talked to, and, and <laughs> taken up a lot of time. So let's move into this. Um, we're gonna go back and forth on this one, just so we, uh, just so we can kind of, I don't know, get have more than just one person talk, because <laughs> I, I know I did that a lot for the last time. So uh, maybe this can break it up a little better, and and also it'll just be interesting to see what we got. Um, I don't think I think I know like one or two games that you put on your list, but not. not yeah, I, I, yeah. Uh, some shouldn't be a surprise, but what might be a surprise? Who knows? All right, start us off, man. What's your number five? Number five, Super Mario Land 2. That's a good game. Secret of the Golden Coins, is it? Uh, six Golden Coins. Six Golden Coins. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, this game just totally threw what Mario Land was on the Nintendo handhelds, it's using the same hardware and everything, and just expanding upon it. It makes such a just deep, rich 2D Mario platform that you can play anywhere on the go. It is a stark difference it's such a contrast of those two games. One, one feels very, it is, is very much Super Mario Brothers to Super Mario Brothers 3. Yes. In the way that those art styles are different and amazing that they were able to do so much with that hardware or you look at the first iteration of it and the second iteration of it and just, wow, you guys, you guys changed everything and were able to make it look 
so nice. Oh, and also be like very different from the mainline Mario games on the NES. Oh yeah. Oh. But you can go to the moon. You fight the three little pigs. It introduces Wario uh, in mainline Mario games, uh, and it's just pretty much like it's. Yeah, you could say it's Super Mario World Light on the uh, Game Boy, uh, but it's still it's it's such a great game. Still holds up magnificently too. It's it's so good. Uh, I remember as a kid. As a kid, I wasn't very good at, at platformers. I'm still not very good at platformers now. But um, as a kid, I remember like not actually getting very far in that game for whatever reason. Um, it's not a hard game. Like going back, uh, it, no, it's, it's been a few years. But I remember going back and playing through it, and it was a cakewalk, like no problem at all getting through that game. But as a kid, like it was, it was a little tougher, and and part of it was even a little scary. Like the Halloween themed stages were, I don't know, like they had some spooky little music in there, uh, but. Ah, oh, just the the bunny ears, the the uh, the moon. Oh, those moon levels are so good. You fight an alien. The uh, the inside the giant machine uh, robot. Yeah, the, 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 the giant robot Mario. Yep. Oh man, so so many good things about that game. It's just like a solid platformer that you would believe could work on a handheld at the time, and Nintendo just totally pulling it off. Yep, it's fantastic. It's a fantastic game. A great choice. What's your number five? My number five, um, I talked about it a little bit earlier. Um, it's a Pokemon trading card game for Game Boy Color. <laughs> I was, uh, I was, this was, I was a, eyeing this the other day on the eShop. Oh, go for it, man. Like, I, I, I bought and played through it on the eShop on my, on my 3DS again. Like, that is, is a fantastic game. This, this game was, this spot on my list was so contentious of like whether it would be Pokemon trading card game. Whether it be Dragon Quest Nine, whether it be Monster Tail, all those games are so good. All three of those games are absolutely amazing. But I, the, the Pokemon trading card game, is just, it, it's so special to me, um, and I think it's more. Uh, you'll you'll find a lot with these these uh, Nintendo ones that uh, for me it's based on a lot of time and place and nostalgia stuff and and just where I was and what I was doing and so I remember being in third grade and getting Pokemon cards and playing with some of my friends. Uh, and we just traded them. Like, we didn't know anything about how to play the game. We weren't even paying attention to that, but we just, we just liked the cards and like getting, you know, who could get the, who could get the hollow foil Charizard. Like that's, that was everyone's main goal at that point. Yeah, the uh, aspect of definitely, that definitely. And, and it was only after buying and playing this game that I learned how to play the game. And then, we all, my my friends kind of, I, some of my friends bought the game as well, and then some of them just, after they heard how much we liked it, then we just got into playing the actual physical game. And there, there were a few years there, uh, maybe not a few years, maybe a couple of years, where we, we played a lot of the Pokemon card game. And it was, I really like the Pokemon card game. It's, I think it has really great mechanics uh, as far as card games go. And, uh, and it was kind of because I put it on this list that that made me think about it again, and, and made me think about card games again. That's kind of that's why I re-downloaded Hearthstone and, and Magic: the Gathering, Duels of the Planeswalkers, and and uh, the the new Pokemon card game, trading card game online for for iPad. Um, and playing through playing some of that iPad game these last few days has just reminded me of how much I love the Game Boy Color one. 
Um, it, it tells a story. It tells a Pokemon story in that game. Uh, you you go to you go to people and you trade cards. You uh, you get you have gyms. I mean, they're they're card lounges, but they're still set up like gyms where you face the regular trainers and then you face the leader. Uh, it has an elite four. It has a rival. Uh, it's it's very simplified and very truncated because you're just you just go from card club to card club. You don't actually uh, they're all fast travel things. You don't actually walk around a world or anything like that. But uh, it's still it still feels like a Pokemon game from the elements that they bring in there, and it is it's fantastic. Uh, again, the sequel never came to came to our shores, which is a real sad thing. Um, the sequel added in the the Team Rocket expansion. Which I believe is the fourth expansion, uh, for, or the third expansion on on top of the base game, um, but the fourth set. Um, I really love the Pokemon trading card game. Uh, there's a there's a podcast on there I did with uh, Sam Chandler uh, on Gamers on the Go. If you want to listen to that more, um, but yeah, that is that is a game I love playing on my on my 3ds. Uh, love playing on the on the Game Boy Color and. I actually really wish they would do another one. They never will because the 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 iPad trading card game online is has those microtransaction-y things where you can you know buy booster packs. I actually think they do pretty well where you never have to buy anything. You get enough in-game currency from from winning matches that you'll that you'll be able to get booster packs just fine. But um, but man, in the in the Game Boy Color game, any trade any trainer you beat, you would get booster packs and there's it was it was a flawless uh, transition from physical game to digital game uh, they they were able to keep they were able to keep every card except for two uh, there were there were only two cards and mechanics were a little wonky in the physical version to be able to to make it to the to the um, the digital one but that game is so good even now even now to go back and play through that game and, and play through those old cards and, and just such a nostalgia trip. I love the Pokemon trading card game. Ugh, so good. <laughs> so good. I'd, I'd tell, even if you if you said, I need a card game to play right now. Uh, Would you say Hearthstone or Super Pokemon? Or Pokemon? Oh, I'd say Pokemon easily. I, I, know, I know Hearthstone, you're gonna, it makes more sense. It's, it's more of this time. But I still think the uh, the Pokemon trading card game for the Game Boy Color is is just so good. It's mm, just interesting. Yeah, mm, love it. All right, that's enough out of me. Uh, your number four. Uh, my number four might surprise you. I don't know. Have you ever played Elite Beat Agents? I have. Not a lot of it though. Why yeah. is it your number four? Well, it is my number four because man, I. When I first heard about this game, I was like, that sounds like the stupidest, lamest (laughs) idea for a handheld game ever. You just tap the screen to the beat and do a few other things, and that's it. Like, who would ever want to play it? And lo and behold, I played maybe a little bit of a demo at a a, a Best Buy or something when the game came out, because Nintendo really, really pushed this game. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's uh, developed by, uh, I believe... uh, INIS back in 2006 is when the game came out in North America. And it was focused in North America. There was a Japanese really uh, kind of uh, 
prequel to this. Uh, Oenden is uh, what many people call it, but you can play it on your DSs today because there was no reason why. But I never got around to playing that game just because the whole import scene I wasn't really into. Wasn't there an Oenden too? Yes, there was an Oenden too as well too. So, uh, but this was uh, like the North American original game for it, and it's completely different. Different soundtrack, different uh, uh, like characters, but still the same kind of. You tap to the rhythm and you time your uh, taps to certain points on the screen. And you just wait for the right moment to get you know the good, the miss, or the bad. You miss too many times, you fail. Uh, and the soundtrack, you know, there are a bunch of songs I love. Uh, there's some, you know, Queen, Deep Purple, Earth, Wind, and Fire, Jamiroquai, Rolling Stones, with one of the best like Endgame songs ever, uh, and some like secret songs like a Jackson Five song. Uh, the rest I couldn't care about, like Sum 41 and Aggro <laughs> Beat, but still, I still enjoy the game despite those songs I didn't like, you know, listening to on the radio or anything like that, but in, in the game itself, I didn't mind playing, uh, which is a feat in itself, I think, to me. But just the, the simple aesthetics of the game, the craziness of this sort of cheer squad that goes and tries to, like, save the day by dancing and cheering to some of these, like, ludicrous scenes, like either babysitting a bunch of kids or helping your child feel better because you have to work that day or even uh, sneaking into the office as a ninja to Jamarquise can't eat is just something something else. Uh, and I just absolutely played that game to death and uh, made me believe in like rhythm games outside of Guitar Hero at the time or Dance Dance Revolution. And yeah, just uh, something I didn't think would ever really do well, uh, which unfortunately it didn't really, you know, meet any expectations uh even though it was critically acclaimed and like you know sales wise do anything here for us uh still if you can find elite beat agents it is dirt cheap used anywhere uh, i i can't recommend it enough it is one of the most unique games uh not not aesthetic you know uh, gameplay wise unique nowadays but certainly with uh style and aesthetics is quite unique and something else yeah i i i the little bit I played, I liked. Um, I'm not, I'm not super into rhythm games, um, but I, I can definitely see the quality. Uh, and I know for people out there who like uh, other games like Rhythm Heaven, mm-hmm. this is this is definitely one of those kind of precursors to Rhythm Heaven. Yeah, if you like Rhythm Heaven or just rhythm games in general, I cannot recommend Elite Beat Agents. Even if you played Owen and then just like, oh, you know, I don't like. Uh, like American songs, uh, like Japanese songs, uh, you should still try it. It is just, it's too funny and awesome not to try. Yeah, there's some good stuff in there. It's, a, it's an interesting pick. I, I am surprised by that pick. Uh, it it was one that I, like, you know, I was doing my list and I was like, oh man, what, what am I forgetting? And it, like, just came to me, Elite Beat Agents. Uh, just one of those games, just so memorable to me. Uh, thinking back on it, it's just like, wow, I can't believe I forgot about it. And I've played it recently too. It's just, wow. I, such a good game. It, I mean, when I think about it, it totally makes sense for you uh, and, and the kinds of games that you like and, and the kind of person you are and, and what you're into. But, uh, but yeah, like that is, that is a nice kind of out-of-left-field pick for that I, that I would have never even considered. But that's, that's cool. I like that. Uh, my number four is one that, that you will, will definitely know and understand. Uh, it's not coming out of left field at all. It's right down the middle. Uh, um, <laughs> Golden Sun, there we <laughs> Game go. Boy Advance, uh, like number four feels feels like I'm cheapening it almost. Like it, yeah, we'll, we'll 
we'll get to that episode someday, right? We should. I, I'm at the, I'm at a point where I want to play that game again before I talk about it because I. You know. should because uh, I've I've been playing it recently as well too. Oh really? Yeah, I'm I'm just about to get a get get through it uh, and just finish it up. All right, uh, that'll be because I I am notoriously bad at finishing JRPGs, oh, especially. Yeah. I'll I'll put it on my 2016 list to to get done. Uh, I did buy the the Wii U version, um, the the Wii U Virtual Console port of it. Um, and it still is like as a throwback RPG, fantastic game. Mm-hmm. That's I, I that art style has not aged well. I, I think it I think it kind of holds up, and the music in some spots definitely holds up too. Yeah, I, I love the music in that game. I love the mechanics in that game. I still think. As far as RPGs go, it it is it is so focused on you having a good time and doing cool stuff. I, I've said that I've talked about Golden Sun before, and that is my like my one big takeaway is that game wants you to be able to do cool stuff all the time, and the 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 mechanics it has are all helping you to do cool stuff. The the Dijin system is is fantastic in that they are basically magic spells but they don't cost any of your magic energy they are just they're like freebie magic spells but they also add they they tie into your oh man there's so much to talk about it's so hard to it's so hard to just talk about one aspect we'll we'll have to save this for a, a future episode certainly we will we will okay we'll we'll do that but uh but yeah the the summons are big and beautiful um, the, my favorite, my favorite part is just how each of the, even the basic weapons, uh, you'll find like slightly magical versions of these basic weapons. And just when you're doing your normal attacks, they will quote unquote, let out a howl and do like an extra magical thing that will have some kind of visual flair on it, visual animation, uh, and and sometimes will cause status effects or or add extra damage or other things like that. And it is it is such a cool thing to have like some ice rod that then uh, you know you're just doing your regular attack, not expecting anything else to happen, and then it just summons all these water orbs to just come out and smash the enemy. Or you just have a regular sword and it lets out a howl, and then it just brings down this giant sword from the sky and crushes enemies. It is ah. It is so good, and that is just a normal attack. There are there are so many other ways to do cool attacks in that game, but even just the normal attacks have the ability to do something fucking cool, mm-hmm. and that is why I love that game. And, and it was nice seeing that on uh, when it came out in like mid two thousands, like just a a really because uh, there weren't that many after like the PS kind of the first playstation kind of came and went yeah there weren't that many like kind of 2d rpgs coming out anymore uh and it was nice to see something that you just take with you on the go mm-hmm. and play uh like as like a portable super nintendo rpg uh which is something really cool at the time yeah and i i really love it um so the first game the the second game which is kind of just the second half of the first game that they had to split into two games because it was just too big um second game is also pretty good um I, I don't like it nearly as much but it's very it's still very solid and then the third game that came out much later for ds is is so easy it's sadly easy and it just loses a lot and the art style even though it's updated 
still doesn't look very good. Like, that is my one problem with that, is that this game, I don't think it's very pretty. For all the cool, uh, pretty effects that it has, just the overall game kind of looks muddy, and I don't... Yeah, uh, yeah pretty is a strong word, but yeah. yeah, you're right. They should make another one of those games, and, and give it a better art style, and make everything else the same awesome stuff that it is. Um, but yeah, the, the third game was was okay for what it was. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely say like a production uh, production value increase to that game would definitely like make it something yeah. very very memorable. But it has to be on handhelds. Like that's that's the way that game uh, works. The three DS could do that. Like, yeah. or the Vita. Like if, either one of those. If they, if they uh, make... Or the next or the next uh, you know iteration of whatever's coming out. Yeah, I, I could see this being an NX game that might be kind of cool. Only if that NX is actually that handheld slash home console thing. But yeah, who knows? We'll find I, out more in a few months. I, I don't know if I don't know if a home console version of Golden Sun works because I could I could see that working. I mean, you know, it's I don't feel yeah, like it would be turn based. Then I feel like no, they'd no, mess no. up the turn based part of it because you need to be more engaged if you're yeah yeah sitting team. on the couch. It's definitely something that you just have to be yeah. committed to. And and the turn based part of it is one of the reasons I like it. Like we talk mm-hmm. so much about how much I don't like active time battle that. Um, and, and with Final Fantasy 3, the real 3, being my favorite Final Fantasy game pretty much by default, because that is the one that has turn-based combat. <laughs> like, that that stuff matters to me, and it matters Chase, to me when I'm playing. Let me tell you about a little game called Grandia. Okay. That has, a, that has an active time battle, but it's so, so much fun. Mm. At, least, at least the uh, fighting mechanics of it. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> said active, but I don't like that word. I, I like passive. Uh, All right, uh, hit me up with your number three. Number three uh, should be no surprise if you've played a Game Boy game like ever. It's The Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening. All right. This is, uh, I guess, the first proof of concept you could say to uh, a, like a, a Zelda game on the handhelds because it is the first kind of. Uh, kind of game that has ever been put on a handheld like it's sort of like the best of both uh the original legend of zelda and a link's a link to the past on the super nano that came just before it and yeah it's that whole big sense of adventure on a handheld back in uh man when did this game come out i want to say like it was 96 or no no it was uh probably 94 right i'm i'm fuzzy on it yeah, I didn't yeah. play it when uh, it first came out. I know that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, it, it's one of the interesting games because it's also a very much a side story kind of Legend of Zelda game. It doesn't fit anywhere on any quote-unquote timeline with uh, the Legend of Zelda series, but it definitely feels very much like go to each dungeon uh, and uh, you know find the you know find the item, complete the dungeon, and then continue on the next one. The, the you know the dungeon designs are amazing and. Just the fact, like, that since this is a handheld list, I keep emphasizing the fact this is a portable game. It is so much a portable Legend of Zelda game, one that you can save anywhere, uh, continue playing, and uh, just using even, like, its limited selection of uh, buttons to what items were when they changed it up from Legend of Zelda to the Super Nintendo, adding that Y button maneuver. The fact that you can use one A, one B button, and just mix and match. You don't always have to have a sword. You don't always have to have a shield. You can be just using bombs and the uh, like the rock feather to jump around and place bombs everywhere, or bow and arrow, and just all the little quirks to this game, too, are just what makes it so memorable and just absolutely one of the best 
Nintendo handheld games, period. Or even one of the best handheld games uh, of all time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's weird for me, because I, uh, I didn't play Link's Awakening until much later. Um, but I played the Oracle games. Um, and <clears throat> I really liked the Oracle games. And then coming back later and playing Link's Awakening and having the epiphany of it, oh... Seeing the progenitor of this those is, games. Yeah, yes. like this is why those games were what they were. God, it makes so much sense. Um, so I, I definitely have an affinity for it. Um, I haven't gotten through a lot of it. Um, I got through a good portion of it, but um, I never beat it. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good Zelda game. I, if I was, if you told me, okay, Chase, you need to sit down and and really, you need to play a Zelda game start to finish right now um, that you haven't, that you, one of the ones that you haven't finished already. Like you can, you can pick any of the Zelda games, which honestly is, is most of the Zelda games. <laughs> uh, it's like pick one right now to, to play through. Like that's, that's what you have to do. I would say Link to, to the Past, but right after that it should be Link's Awakening. Well, yeah, but I'm, <laughs> yeah, Link's Awakening would probably be the one that I end up picking because yeah. that's, because one, it, it just fits on a handheld, which I which I like. I know I know Link to the Past has come on to handhelds later. It's GBA version and all that stuff. But um, yeah, Link's Link's Awakening is the one that I would be interested in playing through all the way. Um, yeah, it is definitely the epitome of uh, portable Legend of Zelda game. Yeah, and, uh, and although also, nowadays on the 3DS we have uh, Link Between Worlds, which is still like. That is also such a great, amazing Zelda game. It's so good. A great it, game in its own right. It is such a great Zelda game. I finished it. <laughs> that is that is such a great endorsement I, for me. Like that, that might be the best why endorsement. I haven't finished a link to the past, but I I got really close. I I honestly did, which is probably why I'm picking a Link's Awakening over a Link to the Past because yeah, yeah. I feel like I got through a lot of a Link to the Past. Um, but yeah. But yeah, like, like, and I will say, like, Link's Awakening, when I first played it, I was, like, kind of miffed. Like, I did not enjoy it uh, way back when I first got it. And Mm. I was just like, this is, you know, switching between having, not having a sword and not having a shield felt too weird and too different. Uh, Not, and then, you know, not that it's always a good thing, like, or, you know, a reason why it's good, because, like, uh, you know... uh, I still look back at Link's Adventure and say, like, you know, that, that's an interesting game, but it's not a, it's not really that good of a game itself. Yeah. Uh, in some respects, uh, but like this is just tried and true. Like, has all the puzzles, the element, and even the story. Uh, Lord knows that it didn't need to have a story, but it has. Like, there's something about it just having some sort of uh, like addition by subtraction. Like, not having the deepest like lore or story, but just having you on that island and learning what what it's all about is just something else for a, a Zelda game that uh, for its time just wasn't doing at all. Yeah. Some some might say that game is a dream. It is. I mean, Maybe. Dream. Dream to play, but it also is a dream. Yeah. <laughs> um, Alright. Um, are we on to my number three, I guess? Uh, I guess so. Uh, I'm gonna go with the original Advance Wars for GBA. Um, I don't think it is the best Advance Wars. I think that, that honor goes to Advance Wars Dual Strike, uh, the DS1. I was considering that for my list as well, too. That, I, I think if I were to just go back and play one right now, it would be Dual Strike. Mm. Um, but, I mean, 
I've talked about how much I love intelligent systems. Like they, they know how to make great games. Uh, I'm, I'm holding my tongue <laughs> just to say, <laughs> to say what, you know, I want to say, but, um, yeah, the entire advanced war series is, is just a triumph. Um, I, the first, the first one is, is, was just such a, a thing that I came to because I liked the art style. I thought the art style was really cool. And then playing that game, I just love, I just learned how much more there was to love about this game than just the art style. Uh, it is, it is very much a super complex version of chess, which, which I know you could say a lot about, uh, about a lot of different tactics style games, but this one, it just, ah, oh, it just feels right. There's just, yeah, it, it, it really does boil down to like, uh, not very rudimentary, but still, uh, uh, keeping the basics, but still being very like deep and rewarding. Mm-hmm. So this, when I was talking about sound shapes, I talked a little bit about level building, and this is this is one of the first games, if not the first, where I actually really cared about um, level creation. Uh, this game had a level editor in it, where you could build your own maps, and then you could play those maps uh, with the link cable uh, against friends. And I did that a lot. Uh, I had I had a friend, he's been on the show before, uh, Ty Fromm. Uh, we would play some Advance Wars. Uh, I don't think he liked Advance Wars as much as I did. He played it, but uh, but that was definitely, like, my game. Uh, he would kick my ass in Pokemon, though, so everything <laughs> everything evened out. Um, but yeah, like, Advance Wars was my thing. I would build... I loved building maps. I loved building symmetrical maps uh, that had limited amounts of units on it and wouldn't have any factories, so you couldn't build more units. You just had to deal with what you had, and it really felt like a chess game. Uh, and then I also loved making uh, big asymmetric maps where one person would have this super fortified uh, area, but not have any for, uh, not have any factories, so they could only use the units they had. But then you had the other team would have a relatively small force, small starting force, but would also have factories, so they could keep making, uh, keep building up more, more and more units. And you just kind of see what happens, like whether whether the tiny force that could replicate itself could overcome this giant initial fortress. And uh, I was just able to, to able to do so many cool things in that game. Uh, it's really fantastic. Uh, I think the second game is also good, Black Hole Rising, um, that introduced the Neo tanks, and uh, it might introduce uh, another unit or two in there as well. Uh, I think the story in that one's a little uh, not as fun, uh, and then Dual Strike we we both mentioned is is definitely the pinnacle of the series. Yeah, uh, I, I snagged the original one uh, uh, like a year ago, and absolutely loved playing through that. Uh, I I still need to go back and finish the completion, uh, but I never had the the chance to do like the level editor and share with other people because it's just you know at some point so late in the life cycle yep. of a console or handheld. You know, the pool to find people to do that is just smaller. I understand. Yeah. yeah. I am uh, very well, well, uh, uh I get that. <laughs> but, the, but the core, like, mechanics of the game, like, even onto Dual Strike is just, yeah, playing that recently, I almost consider it putting in my top five. I've been enjoying it that much. Who's your CO of choice? What, who, what uh, a commanding officer do you use? Uh, I like, I like Jake's music a lot. Jake is, uh... Who's Jake? 
he's the I, it's a Jake, uh, the, the pretty much the base hero guy. I think Jake is actually the guy, the main guy from Days of Ruin, the fourth one, uh, that kind of fucks everything up. I don't. I, Days of Ruin is actually a pretty solid game too. It's just yeah, I've they, seen that one too. I've been considering getting that, but I, I since I'm finding like the. Uh, Dual strikes. Uh, yeah, it just been enjoying it so much. After after the amazingly almost perfect game of Dual Strike, Days of Ruin is a definitely a step back, but it's also a very good game. Um, wait, so who do you, who do you mean? Do you mean the the main character with the the wrenches or the guy with the blue hair? No, no, no. That's in the first first game. Uh, Max is with the blue hair. Uh, no, yeah, Max uh, with blue who's hair. Who's the girl? That's with. Uh, oh, it's like. Andy's the guy with the wrenches. Is yeah, it, uh, Andy's awesome. But uh, what is her name? Oh man, I forgot. But okay, yeah, we're just getting, we're getting derailed here. But yeah, yeah. So uh, it, I still I'm still forgetting who Jake is. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm probably wrong. Uh, well, what, but yeah, what faction was he on? Was he was he the the yellow? <laughs> they're basically just Lucky Charms. Uh, yeah, the, they the are. No, the uh, the Red Army, uh, Red Star. Okay, man, I, I don't know why I can't think of who Jake is. Weird. Yeah. Anyway, I Maybe I would I'm always totally use, wrong. But anyway, I would always uh, use uh, Grit, uh, who is the the artillery guy. Uh, he mm-hmm. wore like the orange uh, orange trench coat, and uh, he was on Blue. Is it Blue Moon? I think it's Blue, Blue Moon. Moon. Um, or maybe I'm just thinking of the beer. But no, the Blue Army. Uh, and he would get one extra artillery range. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy's cool. I was, uh, I was such an artillery guy. Like that was that was the way I liked to play. Um, uh, so good with that. Loved that. God, Advance Wars is great. Uh, yeah. So yeah, like any any of those games could be on this list. Um, and I just decided to pick the first one just because I had the extra nostalgia thing. But um, the Dual Strike is definitely the best one of those games. Yeah, Advanced was great. Intelligent Systems is great. Great, great, great. It's come on twice this year so far. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> and we're not probably not done with it either. Uh, well, for me, unfortunately. All right, what's your number I two? I did, like, Fire Emblem, Fire Emblem Awakening was on my list as well, too, but it just kind of got nudged out. Okay. Along with, like I said, uh, Pokemon Blue and Grand Theft Auto Chinatown Wars, both, like, excellent, excellent games. Yeah. That I played on handhelds that are just shining examples of just great, great games. Uh, but yeah, number two, uh, it doesn't get better than the granddaddy of them all, Tetris. It is pretty much the epitome of a handheld game, and it's yeah, the rest is history. Like the original Game Boy Tetris to me is one of the most perfect games you could ever play. It's timeless. You can play it wherever you want to play it. Yeah, it is so versatile. Like it'll be copied forever. Uh, but to me, like the Game Boy version is just to me like the perfect version to play uh, at its purest form. Yeah, yeah. I, I think when you when you say for its purest form, I definitely agree with you. Um, it's not my favorite version of Tetris. Uh, I, I like it a lot. Uh, definitely has the iconic music. But. Um, I, I've actually played a lot of. T- I mean, I, I love Tetris. We all love Tetris. It is. Yeah, it, it's the game that the is like. I would say the first casual video game outside of like Pong and Pac Man. Yeah, it is sure. something that was just on such a mass market, modern day system that, uh, like, 
like even Mario was popular. Tetris was just sub subconsciously more popular than Mario. It, like everyone had played Tetris. Mm-hmm. It was it was a brilliant idea to put uh, Tetris in there instead of instead of Mario Super Mario Land. Mm-hmm. I know Nintendo wanted to do that uh, and then got talked and out Super of Mario it. Super Mario Land would have been a good game too, but it For would sure. not have had the impact Tetris would have had. Yeah. It's just it, it, it's such a uh, like sea change for modern gaming uh, in, in what Tetris is. It's like, you know, it, uh, like you could have just packed it in as the Game Boy, but the fact that Game Boy had carts and swap them out was just, you know, the catalyst. Yeah. It's like putting Wii Sports with the Wii. Uh, it's just one of those games that's so linked to the handheld it was still released on. It is just that is why it's my number two. It is that important and is that good of a game. Man, you're you're probably smarter than I am. Like I, I am in this. It's it's going to sound like a cop out, but like Tetris, Tetris didn't even register in my mind to put on a list like this because almost because it's just so ubiquitous. I'm like, well, I mean, yeah, like I have my top five, and they're like top five personally, my favorite games. But like, come on, guys, Tetris, yeah. is, Tetris is great. I mean, you could look at something like Pong being a game that you can play forever, but it's still just going to be a back-and-forth game. There's going to be, you know, some variances. Same with Pac-Man. It's, but it's always going to be the same board uh, for the most part. And the same with, like, some like Donkey Kong, which you could compare it to. But Donkey Kong is always going to be those same four levels. Right. Uh, That's just so much. Tetris is a game that is just endless. It's going to be randomized blocks back to randomized blocks that they all fit like together. It's such an eye-hand coordination that it's not only just beneficial to the mind; it's beneficial to the eyes and coordination. And that it is such like uh, it's such a pure puzzle game in its own self that like you would not have puzzle games today if it were not for Tetris. It's just a pure. It's it's just a fact. They, yeah, they would be much different. If it wasn't for Tetris, uh, Alexei Pajanov is is a genius. Yeah, uh, it, like one of the like greatest game designers, like period, just mm-hmm. for Tetris. Yeah, and, and, and he's made amazing. some other good games too. I, I know he worked on Hexic for for the Xbox 360, and, and has done some other games as well. But uh, but yeah, like, Tetris is like that. That is that's all he needed to do <laughs> to to be just amazing. That's yeah. great. Um, but yeah, it didn't, Tetris didn't make my list. I feel bad about it because it is, it is, it is also one of my favorite games. Um, but it doesn't make my list because as much as I do like the Game Boy version, that wasn't the version I, I just, that wasn't my Tetris. My Tetris. Tetris touched you in some way. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it couldn't not. (laughs) Tetris is just, like I said, so ubiquitous that I was going to find a way to play it some way. The way, the way that I really played it was, um, on my, uh on my computer, uh, on Facebook, actually, it was the Tetris, Tetris friends thing. And I think it was the leaderboards of, of with the people I knew on my Facebook, uh, through Facebook that really made me want to play that game. Like, I don't, I don't think you can play that play. It is the same on Facebook or I don't know. They, they've messed with Facebook so much that nothing yeah. is the same, but, um, but there's just so many point. like variances of Tetris out there. Like there's so many copycats. Right. Licenses have changed constantly. Uh, like you, you know, if you can find yourself a copy of Tetris DS, that's a great mm-hmm. like variance on the game to play. But I also find it to be like one of the easiest. Yeah. Uh, 
And yeah, to me, like it's hard to find the Game Boy game now. Like you find old cards of it you could use to get on the eShop, but it's not there anymore, which is unfortunate. That is super unfortunate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's uh, uh, and and like my version, the version of Tetris I played is is kind of baby Tetris because it has the uh, the the hold. Hold a piece thing and hold a piece, yeah, yeah, and it has the shadow, so you can see where it's going to land, uh, yeah. So I or the infinite T spin, yeah, yeah, right, right, right. So, so yeah, I I love which the, is still fine, but yeah, like to me, like Tetris in the pure sense on the Game Boy is mm-hmm. like games like on a first on a first run do not get better than Tetris. Very rarely you, they do. You're not wrong. Um, I would also want to give a shout out here. To another game that probably deserves to be on my uh, non-Nintendo top five, and that is Puyo Puyo versus Tetris. <laughs> uh, so Japan only, uh, but you can totally get a Vita version, and it works on there. Uh, you have to buy the physical copy; it's not on the it's on the store. I've uh, heard so much about it, but can only can only dream of playing it. So, so I have. love Tetris, and I also love. Well, uh, you can you can get a PS4 copy. That's true, yeah. If, if you really wanted to. I just have to import it. Yeah. And, and Money is a factor. That's true. That's the other thing. True, true. You're, you're totally not wrong. Um, but I love, I, I mentioned earlier, uh, liking Dr. Robotnik's Mean Mean Machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's Puyo Puyo. And that, that, is, that is a skin for Puyo Puyo. Kirby's Avalanche is another skin for Puyo Puyo. Wario's yep. um, uh, Woods, right? No, not Wario's uh, No, I think that one's different. A little different. You have Toad in that doing something. But, but, uh, but yeah, I've always loved Puyo Puyo in all of its different forms. Uh, probably Dr. Robotnik's the, the best one for me because I love that music uh, the best. But um, but yeah, to get a game that combines, uh, that you can play Puyo Puyo in, you can play Tetris in, and then there are a couple modes where you can have this weird combination of the two. Oh my God, is that game so good. It is so good. If it was, if it actually did get a, an official English release, it it probably would have cracked my top five. But because I have to go through kind of the arcane uh, nature of just like trying to decode uh, Japanese language, like it's it doesn't quite hit me because it's not it's just not out there where I can play online play against people and other things like that. It's 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 something I just kind of have to play on my own. I played through the story mode. It was, but it is a fantastic game. Yeah, so good. Anyway, I just want to give that out as a shout out, uh, and that's that's why you won't find Tetris on my top five. But it it absolutely deserves a place in gaming history. Anyone yeah. anyone who calls it its number one is super smart. Like <laughs> that is. But that's my number two. I know it's your number two, but like, I I remember like reading um, like when Game Informer did its top fifty or top one hundred games, and uh, I don't know if Tetris got number one, but it definitely was up there. I definitely got the the yeah, cover. Yeah, there's a reason why it's still in the conversation today, yeah. and it'll probably be still the conversation fifty years from now. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, deservedly so. Because it's it, one of those things; it's just infinitely replayable, mm-hmm. just because of its pure, simple form. All right, my number two, Fire Emblem Awakening. There we go. Yep, <laughs> Intelligent Systems again. I've almost beaten this game. It's almost like I really like Intelligent Systems. <laughs> they do um, excellent strategy games, and they have gotten so well in doing like, uh, like just storytelling, like through you know just video medium and things like that, like cutscenes and the production value. Mm-hmm. They're just getting really, really like such a good eye, like seeing Blizzard early on and developing their kind of style, and then moving on to like later things. Yep. 
uh, I, I feel Intelligence System has gone down that path as well. Yeah, like Intelligence Systems and Camelot are two of my favorite developers, and, and that's why that's why you see them on my list um, so much. But um, like they they just make great games all the time, and and occasional bad ones, but <laughs> mostly great games. <laughs> so so when I grew up, I grew up as a as an Advance Wars person. Uh, there weren't uh, not a lot of Fire Emblem games came over to America, and the ones no, that did until uh, like 2000s till we got yeah, our first yeah. one. And the ones that did missed me. Like I, I didn't play the GBA Fire Emblem game. Um, much later uh, would I play Shadow Dragon, the the one the remake of. I guess it's the first Fire Emblem. I mean, it's the one with Marth. Like it's this is after everyone played Smash Brothers and went like, who are these people? And yeah. and then. And it's like, oh, okay, who's 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 Marth? Who's Roy? Where, what are these people from? And then playing these games, uh, Shadow Dragon especially, I was like, okay, this is really cool. I like this a lot. But it still didn't quite click with me. Um, I got to the very final um, final stage in that game and was very ill-equipped for that final battle and got crushed, and there was no way that I could possibly beat it because of the way I leveled my characters. And I thought that really sucked. Um, so I was, I was still like, oh, well, Fire Emblem's cool, but Advance Wars is better. It just is better. Um, and then Fire Emblem Awakening came out and changed everything. (laughs) I I know that this game came out one year ago or, and just, all right, I guess two years ago. Two years ago at this point, basically. Almost three. Um, but, uh. Yeah, like it's. I I loved everything about Fire Emblem Awakening. I, it's this. It tells a it tells a pretty solid story. It has some really good characters in there with really nice writing for those characters. Uh, I like moments. Compl- uh, being able to to build bonds with those characters and almost like a almost like a persona sense. Um, but then they they get better skills in battle when they, when they know each other and they get to work together and you can combine them into single, uh, into paired units that, that move together and attack together. Uh, that there are, or essentially just marrying them off and then their offspring taking on the attributes of that, them later on. And that was such a cool thing that I, that I kind of knew about. I knew that there was the something with children in this game, but I didn't know, yeah how exactly it worked and then to see that oh these characters i paired up they they had a they had a kid and now that kid is somebody that i'm recruiting into my team and it's actually taking this this child is taking on attributes of both of those characters like the you can see that oh the hair color is the same as the dad and and look at the skills they've gained from the mom and, and this is so it's so cool. Yeah, how... it, it, it's surprisingly awesome, like how they pulled all these mechanics together into one game and just made it really unique it compared is... to the other Fire Emblem games that have come out. It is so good. I am. I love. I love. Love. Love playing that game. I've, I've played. I've played it through multiple times, uh, and then that's like, a game that even when you finish it, you can still stay on the same uh, copy and and keep playing through. Uh, so I've I've put multiple hundreds of hours into one game and then started a different playthrough with another one and, and played that one quite a bit as well. 
and then and then all the DLC stuff that they added in there that I think is is all pretty solid. Uh, and it was Nintendo one of Nintendo's first forays into trying DLC, and I think they did a pretty solid job of it. Characters uh, still don't know that uh, there's DLC. So do what? <laughs> Michael Practor still doesn't oh, know yeah, that yeah. there's DLC no, for Nintendo. Certainly. So keep it keep it calm and down low. And 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 then just like all the the extra heroes they throw in there that that even though it's it's better to use you're you're better off using the child units who can get the better stats and uh but but just that there is Marth in there and there is Roy and there is Ike and all Yeah, of, you can add them if you wanted to. You can add all of them and they yeah. ah, it's so but good. You can also, you know, you can change up your main character to almost anything. You can change up your other characters to almost anything too and mm-hmm. re restack and restat them up. And that there are there are two um, two characters well three characters in that game. Well, shit. <laughs> There's a bunch of characters. There, there are multiple game. characters in that game that have um, that can transform. The so there's the the Tagwells that are kind of like the rabbit people, yep. and then there are the um, I forgot what the dragon people are called. Mankies or yeah, manakites or something like that. yeah. yeah. Um, so your unit can marry anyone. Uh, well, any any opposite gendered person and then your yeah. your unit can be either gender so you can marry anyone uh, and depending on who you marry your child there's a specific child morgan who takes on uh who's kind of just like a wild card so there's uh, you'll also have like each of the each of the female characters in that game has a specific child they will have um that has specific dialogue and all those other things um so it's it's not completely generated um but then there's also morgan so you kind of have this secondary kid with somebody who's a wild card and uh i like being knowing that you can marry one of the um one of those transforming units and then morgan also will gain the ability to do the transformations because he'll be half tagwell or half mankite is is awesome like i didn't yeah like the possibilities for all these customizations is just like it's a mess in a good way yeah like that's why i had to play the game a second time because the first time i just married uh married the one married the girl that i liked the most and and like oh that's fine and and that led to some yeah it's like oh senpai knows me finally sure it's like it it led to a good outcome of like oh i got some i got a strong kid and that's awesome and and everything's fine but to play when i played through it again it's like oh i want to marry uh her name's no um, she's one of the the dragon girl man. Uh, uh, nah, nah. Sorry, you're right. Nah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not no, nah, whatever. Nah. Um, and nah. so yeah, I married Nah. And the Morgan unit that they create together, I, I actually don't think Nah is that interesting of a of a character. In terms no, of no, like, but at least there's some funny dialogue. She's she's not marriage material really, but the kid that you get with with is nah the best character in the game is is just a beast it is insane oh it's so good oh that game is so good oh it's my number it's my number two game uh ever uh yeah no i'm willing to say ever it's my number yeah. two game ever it was my favorite game of 2013 and i you know i really struggled with trying to find a place on the list but i I couldn't give up Super Mario Land 2. I just couldn't. Yeah. 
I, you know, that, that's fair. It's fair. That's a really great game. But, but uh, and me, I figured you would say something about it, too. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, just seeing the other things on my list. Like, every every game that I've talked about ha- is basically an RPG. Like, the trading card game is kind of an RPG yeah. in, in a way. Uh, Golden Sun, very much an RPG. Advanced Wars, not really an RPG, but very tactics-based. And then Fire Emblem just being an RPG that is tactics-based. Like, we... You can very much tell the kinds of games that I'm interested in. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, like that, it's no wonder that I love Fire Emblem, and I am so excited for the next one. Like, I, yeah. there there are a couple of games that I'm super excited about in 2016. Uh, Bravely Second, uh, I love Bravely Default. Uh, I, had, I had some issues with it, uh, especially the, the final third of that game, but uh, I love Bravely Second, or I love Bravely Default, and I think Bravely Second's going to be great too. Uh, but then, oh, there's a, there's two Fire Emblem games. They're doing, I know. I they're know. doing the it's Pokemon thing and making two versions, and I cannot I wait. This time. I am going to buy both versions and play them forever. I cannot wait to play that game. Ugh. All right. Matt, please tell me your number one game, handheld, number one Nintendo handheld game of all time, yeah. which I which uh, I guess I also will assume is your number one handheld game of all time. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean... After saying so much amazing things about Tetris, it's hard to think like something can be better than Tetris on my list. But at least to me, uh, this is a game that I dearly love now. I mean, it's Metroid Fusion. We talked about this in a past episode just a couple of months ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I cannot thank you, Chase, for letting me play through that game again because, (laughs) man... It is such a, like, it holds up so well as a Metroid game, and just, I feel, stands apart, not from Super Metroid, even though it's pretty much, you know, barring the same mechanics, the same kind of uh, core uh, gameplay aesthetics and everything, it still feels like, man, this this feels like what The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening is to a Metroid game. Like, they've done it before with uh, The Return of Samus on the Game Boy, which didn't really, like, it changed Metroid into a different sort of game, but while well, keeping it as a core Metroid game, but uh, while I enjoyed that game, didn't quite really get what uh, I was looking for as a Metroid game. In Fusion, it just hits on all cylinders. It's got the atmosphere, the music, the uh, mechanics, the, just the sense of you being alone on this spaceship with the SAX, uh, that first run through just brings up so many like memories of just being like a feeling of dread of being hunted on like this enclosed spaceship. Uh, even like playing through it again and knowing like where all the beats are of uh, the SAX coming out and everything is just like still gives it this atmosphere that uh, few Game Boy games can get even close or uh, handheld games on the DS or even anything on. Uh, iOS I've played it just can't really just get to to me yeah I, I mean you know I don't feel the same but I uh, yeah. I 100% understand where you're coming from and I I get it, it makes me want to like that game so much more when you talk about it because I can just I can just feel the enthusiasm from you and it, it gets me excited and I just wish I liked that game more and I wish I liked Metroid games more mm. um but yeah. Maybe you just have to get through Super Metroid. Maybe, 
maybe. I, you know, it's the last step, right? I'm still, uh, I'm actually still plugging away through uh, Castlevania Portrait of Ruin right now uh, 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 for the DS, and I actually really like that one. I, I did, I tried playing Order of Ecclesia and did not like it, uh, but but playing a more kind of traditional Castlevania, uh, it's, I, I like it a lot. Um, I need to get through it though. Uh, but maybe, but, maybe yeah. after that, and after like, having that kind of experience, I'll be ready to jump back into something like Metroid Fusion and give it another shot, or, or maybe Zero Mission, or I don't know something. I, I, I would definitely say like Super Metroid, which definitely falls like the. Uh, I would still say is probably the best Metroid. It, it falls that like sense of discovery, like I have to discover this on my own. While Fusion is definitely a handholdy kind of game. Uh, there are parts where it doesn't hold your hand, and you're like you're off guard on that uh, at some points, or you speak a, like a different way, and like, oh, I'm doing this now, and like, oh, I guess I could have done that, and uh, the game recognizes like, hey, yeah, that was interesting. Why'd you do that? Well, I'll have to adjust for that. Uh, and, and you know, it, just like as far as like storytelling, I think just drives the whole Metroid universe and the whole. Uh, character of Samus into another direction that I thought was really beneficial. It just gave the character so much more dynamic other than something that like, uh, like, uh, what the return of Samus gets lauded for is the ending of it, which is definitely true. Like, you know, the, the Metroid following Samus, uh, around thinking of his mother is something really, really neat in, in such a small game. But what fusion does is just add so much layer and depth to the character that, wasn't really present in any of the Metroid games. Like, yeah, she's an awesome character just because she's a woman and she kicks ass, which is really cool, too, that video games really didn't do. And, you know, they're getting better at, obviously, today. But I think Fusion just adds so much more layers to a character that just was more of a blank slate that, like, you know, uh, just people just were attached to just because it was different from something else. And, yeah, I really never got the sense that Samus was anything more than just... You know, someone that you played as, and that was it. In Fusion, you get the sense of her as a character, like where she fits in this whole setting and everything, and how off-guard it is to be alone in the spaceship. Like, against all yourself, too, and everything that you are uh, weak against is strong against for you is just uh, adding on, like, new mechanics and everything is just absolutely just a blast to play through, too. Uh, Yeah, I can't really say much more about it. Yeah, you know... it actually, this is making me think maybe I should try playing Axiom Verge on uh, on Vita. Mm, yeah, that's that's one I've been uh, meaning to get to on PS4 as well. Mm-hmm. Like that, just maybe maybe like a more modern take. And if I like that, then maybe going back to like the more traditional see the roots thing. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I it's another one of those kinds of games that I want to get into. Um, yeah. and just haven't found the right one that's really grabbed me. Like This Castlevania uh-huh. thing is fun, but I, I don't know if it's enough to make me like these kinds of games as a whole. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. I, yeah. I that, that makes, again, it makes total sense that you're number one. Uh, I'll, have, I'll have to say, like, my number one pick is, like, a favorite pick, and if I had to pick a best pick of all time, it, it would go to Tetris. Sure. yeah. And, and that's why these are personal lists, and, and I think it's more interesting to hear people's personal list than trying to come up with something that's quote-unquote ob- objective because uh, again this, there's there's nothing objective about any of this <laughs> uh, yeah uh my number one i mean it's it's gonna be pretty obvious it's it's pokemon um 
and for me, it's it's got to be the originals, uh, Red and Blue. Yeah. Uh, I, I I owned both Red and Blue. I've beaten both Red and Blue countless times. Uh, I am I am almost more excited for the Virtual Console re-releases of Red, Blue, and Yellow on 3DS than I am for New Fire Emblem. Mm, and, wow. I, I'm, I'm like, honestly, like, I probably will pick up one of those releases, probably Blue, because, uh, yeah, those original Pokemon games are some of the best, like, RPGs that you could buy at the time. Yeah. I, and just so, so dense. They're just, uh, they're just so good. And it, they are like so... The, just the whole, like, like you have two sort of, like, sub kind of games in, in Pokemon. One where you just collect every single Pokemon that you can, and the other where you try to make the best fighting team ever. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, the whole reason this podcast is a thing is because is thanks to Pokemon. Like, I, I know that uh, my very first two games for for my uh, original Game Boy were Mega Man 5 and, or Mega Man V, rather, um, <laughs> because it, it doesn't have the 5. It was actually the Roman numeral. V has which, come to Mega Man. Yes, exactly, of course. Uh, they, are, they are two different games, though. Mega Man 5 is not, is different than Mega Man V. Not to be confused with X. Right, well, yeah, which is completely a <laughs> separate thing as well. Um, so, uh, Mega Man 5 and uh, 6 Golden Coins. Like, those are the first two games I had. Uh-huh. Um, and, and those were great. I love them. Uh, but I don't know if I would be here sitting here doing a handheld games podcast if it wasn't for Pokemon Blue and Red. Um, I got I got Blue for Christmas the year it came out. Um, and I think for whatever reason, I ended up getting Red a little bit later. And Red for, I, I don't know why, but Red's the one that I ended up getting all 151 on. And and it's it's such a game that I had so many stories with, just from a nostalgia aspect. So like I, I think that like like Zach said uh, when he was talking about his list, like Fire Red and Leaf Green are better games. Like those the the remakes are amazingly well done. Um, no one should play. I'm not going to say no one should play the originals, but like the the remakes are better games. People should yeah. people should play those games, but the the original games hold so many stories and memories for me that fire red and leaf green can't. So the, I getting, having my friend like give me one of those sticker pages, things that had that allowed you to get Mew at Toys R Us. And then for us to go together and, and get our Mews was, was such a big deal. And, and being able to, and learning about the, the trick with the SSN and how you could, uh, trade a Pokemon that had cut, so you could actually surf behind, uh, surf behind the the ship later, and kind of sequence break the game a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. But then you could get to that truck, and and what was at the truck? Well, nothing. Nothing was nothing. at the truck it at was all. Just a dead end. Uh, and <laughs> oh, but missing go, you could get missing go and do something and get infinite master balls, and you it was could. in your sixth slot. Oh my god, yeah. But it was also a glitch, so it couldn't delete your save. It could have, yeah. so late in the game. 
if you if you, you want to risk it if you caught if you caught missing no it would corrupt your game but if you just defeated it and you're the item in your sixth slot and i got and then it would make it infinite so so you had your run where you just collected all your tms and you never used them but then you got to cinnabar island and you did the missing no trick a bunch of times and then you just had infinite amounts of all of those tms and oh they just oh there's so many great stories about that game uh, and, and even though it's just the story of the game itself, like a basic story, it does have its nice little twists and turns and a little bit of like just learning about this world inhabited by Pokemon is was just so interesting at the time too. Oh yeah, to just to just play that game normally, it is still a masterful game. I, I, when can, I, can you imagine it not being on a handheld when it came out? Absolutely not. Like if, because if, it's the only way it could exist. It would be. It would make for a great Super Nintendo game, but it would not be the mass phenomenon it was. No, if most of the game was in like playing it with other people and uh, like sharing, linking up, battling, uh, or just playing the campaign like side by side. Yeah. Uh, uh, just like I'll, I have so many memories, eighth grade, just playing on the playground with my friends, all of us like obsessed with Pokemon uh, for an entire school year. When when you look at my list, uh, list of five right here, like it's it is very clear the kinds of games that I like. Uh, you know, turn based combat, uh, customizable elements like party party building, that kind of stuff. Uh, leveling up those RPG elements in there, strategy, uh, collecting. Like any, those things are just so ingrained in me because of Pokemon, mm-hmm. and and that's why those are that's why those are my favorite games. Yeah. Uh, so it's all it's all thanks to Pokemon. It is it is. they are. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I still remember like reading Nintendo Power about this game. They're talking about Pocket Monsters, and it's coming to the U.S. And then they changed the name because. To sound more unique, it was Pokemon, mm-hmm. uh, and like I was already into RPGs, and I'll be honest, like my six through ten would have Pokemon, uh, probably Golden Sun, and also especially Final Fantasy Legends, one of like my favorite sure. Game Boy original games. Uh, yeah, that, that, another like close f- top five contender. Uh, but yeah, Pokemon would also be right up there because it is just. It, it's such a, like, one of those classic games. Like, people, like, I joked earlier about TI-83 games, uh, some being good, but people, like, a generation after us had played Pokemon on their TI-83 calculators. <laughs> uh, and that's the way they've played it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think back to a very uh, specific time in my life where I was talking to my dad, and I had some Pokemon cards in front of me, and, uh, he looked at me and I was like, you know, there's there's going to be like two years from now where you're not going to like this anymore. This is just one of those fads. This is this is the hula hoop. This is all that stuff. Like it's you're going to move on to some other thing. And I looked and I was like, I don't think so. I think and I was a young kid at this point. I was like, I don't think so. I really like this. And and to know it brings a smile to my face just all this time later. That I'm sitting here talking to you on this podcast because of this game and talking about this game and talking about how much Pokemon has mattered to me in my whole life. And, you know, there there's tons of other games that I like, but Pokemon is, is just this constant force. And you know, whether it's the card game, whether it's the, the original game, 
Pokemon Snap, Snap Stadium, Snap. Coliseum. Uh, you know, I so many great games. Uh, Pokemon Pacross this year kind of sucks. Don't play Pokemon Pacross. <laughs> it's it should be so much better than it is, but it's not. Uh, too much. Yeah, Pokemon Shuffle. Pokemon Shuffle. I've heard very good things about uh, next year. This Pokemon Go thing supposed to come out, which. Mm. I, I don't even, I don't I don't know like it could be cool who who knows who knows uh, I went back home this last week um, and I found my my Pokemon Pikachu um, <laughs> and I brought it back with me it's like it's it's long since died but like I I just needed to have it because it's like that all these things really mattered to me and still kind of do and God Pokemon is. It's just I, so I good. find it funny, like, at the same time Pokemon came out, Tomodachi, uh, Tomagachis yeah. were all the rage. Mm-hmm. Uh, both my sisters, like, on the same night got their own Tomagachi. I got, like, I, I got to pick something. I was like, yeah, I want Pokemon Blue. That's, that's <laughs> just what I want. There are 151 uh, Tomagachis in it, and they're all so exactly. much better. It's just like, this is better than Tomagachi. I can fight these little, little fuckers. <laughs> I can have a fun time with this. Uh, but, uh, you know... It's, uh, I don't know, it, it says something that, you know, a, such a big fan as Tomagachi, like, you still see, like, those, you know, taking care sims, like, uh, uh, Zach was saying with, uh, one of his, uh, top five games of the year, uh, but, I don't know, it still says something about Pokemon, how popular it is, or, like, you know, we talk about games that came out this year that were also very popular that we didn't play, like, Yokai Watch. Sure. Which is essentially Pokemon. It absolutely is Pokemon. Uh... I haven't played it. I, I I bet if I played it, I would like it. And one of the reasons I haven't been playing it is is very much because I feel like I will be sucked in, similar to what like I was with Pokemon. And I at this point I don't want to commit that much time to it because I I want to be able to play lots of other games. Yeah. Uh, but I I have a feeling that if I had played that game this year, it would have been in my top five. Yeah. I mean, you know, maybe it'll slow down at some point, but. People have always said that about other things, and even Pokemon. And it's like you know, every like five years, you look at it, and like it's just gotten bigger. Yeah, I, X and Y might have been were some of the biggest Pokemon games that have come out uh, ever. Like they they got a, a ton of new fans to come and try the Pokemon games either again or the new generations or people who have just never considered playing Pokemon games before for whatever reason they they yeah. jumped into X and Y. And Alpha Sapphire and, and uh, Omega Ruby were, you know, they were fine. Uh, they're, I still think those are, uh, Ruby and Sapphire are the weakest, or that Gen 3 is the weakest Pokemon generation, so for them to remake that was, you know, what it was. But um, I'm looking forward to what they do next. Like, we're, we're our, we are up for a brand new Pokemon, um, and I'm excited to see what that is. Yeah, I, I'd say with pokemon go coming out don't be too surprised if you're gonna be waiting a little longer yeah yeah with pokemon, but we're also getting the the virtual console of the originals uh, so yeah, I, I i feel like i will definitely be tied over but I'm, I'm looking forward to what the next pokemon will be and and then especially when nintendo brings out the nx like what what pokemon looks like with that as well if it if it really is what we keep speculating that it's this hybrid handheld and and home console system i just i just i imagine i dream of this world where i play basically pokemon x and y uh on my handheld on the go 
and then I put it into this docking station, and it goes up on the big screen, and now it looks like Pokemon Stadium up there. Yeah. And just, uh, just if that if that is who what, knows? Who knows? if who that is what our knows? future is like, uh, then I am then I am so excited for the future. It, it could be totally different, but that is that is something I am so. Then chill out, chill out. Fire Emblem comes out first. Just two well, months away. Yeah. Oh man. That's how close. Not even. Not even. I know. I know. Fire Emblem comes comes out in February, and I. Fire Emblem has come. <sighs> Fire Emblem has come too. Two games and an, and an expansion. Like, man. Ugh, that's yeah. so much. That's so much. I, I would ask what you. What else am I going to play this year? I, I mean, I would ask you that question, but we have been going on and podcasting for a very long time. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we have. So we will, what we, am I looking forward to? It's Fire Emblem. That's yeah, all you need yeah. To know. Uh, yeah, for me, it's Fire Emblem and Bravely, Bravely Second. Um, I, and there are some other games on the list, but. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, Quantum Break, that, that'll probably be the reason I get an Xbox, but, yeah. you know, that's not handheld, so. Right. Uh, yeah, like the 2016, I think is going to be a good year uh, for both handheld games and games overall, uh, and I'm I'm excited to to jump in it. And I, and I know we will be doing uh, some more podcasts over this next year if it's anything like all the years previous that we've been doing this. Uh, I don't think we'll be going four hours, but probably not four hours. No, but well, I mean, I have a lot of things I want to say about Codename Steam. <laughs> um, so <laughs> who knows? It could well, that could be another epic. I say first we get through Golden Sun. That's true. Yes, uh, lots of lots of things. Uh, yeah, this is one of those. This is one of those shows. Maybe like I said just... you got through Fusion. I owe you Golden Sun. So. <laughs> That's true. That's it's true. only fair. Um, uh, maybe it's just the, the being this fiftieth show and or being excited about next year. That just that I'm I'm excited to be talking about things I want to do. And now I I'm kind of I'm putting this extra pressure on myself now to, to get these things done. Cause I want to play through metal gear acid one and two and crisis course, uh, crisis core and golden sun. And, uh, I want to find a copy of uh, metal gear ghost Babel. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. yeah game boy color game. It's, uh, that's it's a, gotta, it's gotta be out there somewhere. It's, yeah. Yeah. You can find it. Somewhere. I, I don't know why. I don't know why you'd want to. I, I, Really? I've heard good things about it. I don't know. It's fine. I've played some. I've played some. I don't know. It's fine. (laughs) Uh, uh, uh. All right. Matt, I I thank you so much for for being on here and uh, and also uh, to Zach Fleeman who who put in a lot of time for this as well. Um, So logistically, um, we'll have this giant beast of a podcast uh, that will come out uh, out here uh, sometime. Who could I ever do this for a job? Holy yeah, I know, shit. right? Um, so this will this will be coming out. You're, I mean, if you're listening to this, obviously it came out. But um, we'll also be having our different lists that we're putting on the site. Uh, so you you've heard of our you heard what we had to say about these games, but we also have done this in written form as well. That will be on the the website slash Tumblr. Um, all of my all, all three of my lists will be going up uh, pretty close to when this comes out, and then uh, when, if and when Zach and and Matt get me their lists, um, Matt, just just making sure. Did you did you write lists or did you just have your uh, your list to talk about? I, I wrote down my list, but I still need to finish the final touches. Okay, I'll tell you okay. some text about it. Cool, cool. Uh, well, yeah. Like again, like, that's whenever whenever you can get it done uh, is fine. Um, it doesn't even have to be all three of the lists that you talked about, but just 
whatever you want to put out there. I did it for all three because I just got excited and, and wanted to. So uh, those will be going out. Those will be going out relatively Passion. soon, Passion. and uh, and then whatever I get from those two guys, uh, I'll I'll post as well. But uh, Matt, thank you for a great uh, 2015 of podcasting, and uh, yeah. and excited to do more in 2016. Always a pleasure, Chase. All right, see you guys soon. Oh, 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 oh